Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. So when we think about Abram as a father of many nations before his name became Abraham and God completely changed his identity, he was one who had left home um, in Haran and had no children. And God said, look up at the stars because you're going to be the father of many nations. It's like God telling you, um, you are going to own all this beachfront property and you don't have a paperclip to your name. It is a promise that he puts in front of you that gives you a hope for your future. And such a hope that Abraham, as his name became, could cling to this in the midst of walking, not knowing exactly where he was going. He was saying, imagine us, and then Abraham becomes the father of three, the three major religions or three major religions on this earth. Sometimes you may feel unencumbered. You may feel like you're floating out there and don't know where you're going. Well, you're right at home. Because that's exactly how your father felt, that he couldn't even begin to see Jesus so far off. But knowing that his seeds would number in the millions and in the billions that God would give him this promise. And he saw each one of us in those stars. And in the sand on the seashore, each of us has a number. As we are anticipating and are in expectation of Jesus beginning to do these wonderful things, um, not just in our lives, but along this time and Advent, my prayer is that we would have a different orientation during this time, that our orientation would be different than the world's, that we wouldn't be here on Black Friday at 5 a.m. trampling people out of anxiety that our faith, our posture at this time would look very, very different. God was expanding his imagination. He can't take you anywhere that you can't see. One of the first things he's going to do is say, look, dream with me so I can expand what you think is possible. As a believer, it is not that you uh, see it and then you believe it. It's you believe it and then you see it. That seems to not make any sense, but our imagination is important. We live in a world where the world seems to take possession of something and then the church backs away from it. And imagination can be one of those things as well whether it's in the arts, whether it's in the sciences, we back away from these things that God has created for us to expand what is possible, just as he did with Abraham. Imagine this God who is not just a creator. Not, he's, he's not a creation. He's a creator but the very nature of creation is God himself. 
You think about some of your meals that you had, some Thanksgiving meals, you know. Some of your turkeys were bacon-wrapped. Some of them weren't, you know what I'm saying? Mine was bacon-wrapped, tasty, straight from the throne room. (laughs) You think that you are making a meal in a home, right? You're making a meal in a home. What manner of materials and creativity were necessary for you to make that meal, right? You needed to go to the store. You needed to pick up those ingredients. Those ingredients were grown somewhere. Those ingredients were raised somewhere. You bring them to a home and you set them on a counter. That counter was created maybe with marble or formica, whatever, by someone else built in a house inside of a frame with gas that is piped in from miles away and electricity and water that comes from miles and miles away. It is very hard for us to create something, right? We, all these things, we hide them very well. We hide all the electrical lines. We hide all the water lines. We hide every bit of things that it takes to create something. So it just looks like magic. But imagine being all of that in a person. That's who God is. He shows up and every bit of those possibilities are possible. I don't even like to say that we, you know, this is my spiritual side and this is my physical side. Can you tell me something that God does not affect or can affect? He is the very nature of creation in himself. When he enters into a situation, anything is possible. Because he is the only element that's necessary to create anything. Beyond just simple creativity between a creator and a creation. I can be creative, but the materials that I need, I have to use of this world. God doesn't have to do that. He just shows up, and just as Jesus can make wine from water, he doesn't need the same elements that we need to make things possible. So in this season, let God up expand your imagination and that hope inside of you that anything is possible when he enters the situation. We invite anxiety when we are imagining all the things that we could be doing and all the things that we're not doing or all the things that we're doing wrong. But all you really need to have access to anything is for God to enter. And there's something about hope that it really trusts his plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, I mentioned it before, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God, if you could just tell me what that plan looks like, but your plan, I guarantee, is meandering. It is not... A to B, like you thought it was going to be. It is taking a break, (laughs) coffee break time. It's like resting, relax. It's like, all right, God, come on. Can we just, can we just get there already? That even in our free will, which is necessary for love to be true, even in that free will, we have the opportunity to choose based on how obedient we are to God's words and his promises for us.
that we sometimes make the path take much longer than it needs to take. Just as the children of Israel had the opportunity to go directly to the promised land from Egypt, it was like a fortnight, which is maybe 10 days, 12 days, 13 days journey. It took 40 years. Why? Because they were still slaves in some ways, but they were also still not ready to engage with his promises. That as much as we may hope and desire for God to give us something, we also have to face practically that we may not be ready for it. And in our frustration, we hold God hostage. We turn our back on him and we withdraw our love as our way of freezing out God. But what it really does is uh, freezes us in time. And we say, yeah, I'm not going to do that right now. I'm not going to be obedient to that. And then we are, we're, we're frozen in time until we decide to lift that that he has for us. But so many other people seem like they're living their lives. They're happy. They're like wonderful. They could care less about Jesus. That is the biggest show in this city. It's the greatest show on earth. The lives that are doing well without Jesus. Because really, are you? Really? The Savior of the world? The hope that goes beyond hope? Is, is that life really amazing without him? Always suspicious of life that is lived so well without Jesus. Because our hope beyond the hope, not just the Christmas spirit. I'm, I just love this time of year. I feel, I feel the Christmas spirit. You mean the Holy Spirit. That's what you're actually talking about. This expectation, this anticipation of good that could drag a 75-year-old man to 99 before he actually had his son a promise beautiful these stories of sacrifice these opportunities that even as I say hit close to home as we're in Tulsa in an RV park uh, that's more of a trailer park you know let's be honest uh, and we're like God why did you send us here to die <laughs> something cool though about being out in the country you can look up and you can see the stars much easier without light pollution but it doesn't mean that you're more understanding of where you're going or where you should be we're here and we're like God man this is feeling hopeless anxiety is high stress is high what are we supposed to be doing and then God began to stir up hope in us and our imagination for what actually was possible. So for us, Chicago became a beacon of hope. It, began, it became a place that not only have we established all these wonderful relationships, but where our promise actually lies.
that God knows the plan he has for you, the thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But God, could you like share that plan with me? You know, just give me, you know, just a little like, just a little peek of what's supposed to be happening. And then comes faith. And as I've said it before, the reason why we have faith is um, so that our plan can stay hidden. Our plan stays hidden from us, yes, but we have faith and trust that God is working it out. But do you know who else is also hidden from? The enemy. Why? Because he loves to steal your plans and your dreams. How does he do that? Let me give you an example. I'm going to be a world-famous singer. Oh, really? That, that's hard. Nobody has ever come from this, this part of the uh, country and done that. It's difficult. You got to get a, you know, a singing coach. They're so expensive. They're, it, it's going to be very difficult. I would like try to do something else. That the enemy comes to us and attempts to steal our plans. God, if you would just lay out the whole plan for me, then I can trust you. No, then you could decide whether or not you're going to do it. <laughs> Instead of trusting me to give you every single step in a process. God, I'm 30 years old and I'm not famous yet. <laughs> God is like, okay, come on, man. Moses, his life was 40-year increments, 40 Abraham was 75 before he got the promise. And as it says explicitly in Hebrews 11, his loins were as good as dead. That God's promises do not really care about what's going on on earth. And if we don't understand the hope inside of our hearts, the desires that God placed there to help pull us forward, then anyone with a little bit of salt will be able to crush our hopes and our dreams. That God has a plan for us, but we decide the path. And nothing better than people who are disappointed than can uh, help some other people feel disappointed. Let's bring people with us. Our hope rests in the continual presence of Jesus Christ. So what do we begin to do in this season that is full of excess and materials and spending more money than you want to spend and doing it all for Jesus? But I do believe there are so many redeemable qualities even about the Western Christmas tradition. Think about that day before Christmas. You're going to sleep. Let's say you're seven years old. Oh, maybe eight. 
the expectation, the anticipation you feel for the next day, knowing that it's going to be something good that happens to you. Even if maybe you're not getting a lot of gifts, it's just the idea of getting a gift and being there. You think that's going to be ridiculous, amazing, and awesome. And you are anticipating it with every bit of you. There is something about the element of anticipation that sparks manifestation. How do we take this precious promise and word that God has given from us, given to us? We are imagining, expanding our imagination of what is possible. We are hoping and trusting in his plan for us. But the last important key is that we are anticipating all that he's going to do. Abraham waking up every single day. This is the day. It's going to happen. Imagine if we lived our lives like every next day was Christmas. Understanding that his presence is the greatest present. And we get that whenever we want. It's free. What? I remember when I first started going out on the street to do outreach, I'm like, man, this is horrible, God. I would go to areas and it was cold and nobody wanted prayer and I was, I was just downcast and I was praying and I was like going out and praying, praying, action. Those are great elements, but we also have to anticipate and expect his goodness. If I am expecting to have a horrible day the next day, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be horrible. It's like even when I come to church, I am anticipating and expecting God to do wonderful and amazing things. And I am always like, oh, man, as long as I'm alive, the next day has the potential for him to show up and do something wonderful. You know what I pray for him, for all of us here in our congregation, that God would show us such ridiculous favor to each and every one of you that it would be impossible to not know something was up, something was going on in this place. One great reminder of favor for me is when I show up somewhere and I walk right up to the window and I look behind, it's like 15 people behind me. I'm like, God, that's favor. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're never going to have to wait in line or I never have to wait in line. But those are moments of understanding what he's doing. Isaiah 40 and 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 30 is smack dab in the middle of Isaiah, and it is a moment that is sort of a left turn in the, in the chapter. Isaiah is beautiful because it's 66 chapters, 66 books in the Bible. Isaiah 1, chapter 1 through 40, there are 39 
books in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. So right at about 39 going into 40, Jesus begins to come on the scene. Then everything starts to look up. Before then, it is very much man's process and all that man has done. But then Jesus begins to show up in this. And at the end of that chapter, which is 40, which is representing the entrance into a new covenant, it is telling you to wait. (laughs) That's how you get strong is by waiting. But it's not just waiting. It's how you wait. That when I grumpily wait, you know what? It's going to take forever. Anybody ever heard the term, a watch pot doesn't boil? Oh, come on. What is going to happen, Lord? Come on. (laughs) God is like, you are so frustrated and angry right now, I'm going to show up. We're going to be talking about next year um, and how, how what we're doing as a body, our vision, and it's going to have a lot to do with reception. How do we want to receive God? I don't want God to show up and I got some crackers and uh, salami laid out. You know what I'm saying? And we, our lives are given over to him. I want to have the best that I have laid out to receive Christ, to receive his presence in this neighborhood. But that he would tell us to wait. That we would place ourselves powerfully in position for more than provision, a promise. And Abraham is looking up at the stars and his future is being stirred. Hope is being stirred. That in this place we would confidently pray, move into action, and anticipate him doing good things that we all have words and promises over our life that we would see the abundance of Christ among us. And as we're beginning this journey that is called Advent, we are seeing what it must have felt like for those wise men who some say were descended from Daniel had been looking at the stars for centuries. What they felt in their hearts when they knew Jesus was about to come to earth. Man. The gift that we get to anticipate and expect something great for the city. Something great for this country. I know there's a lot of fear and trepidation that going around. There are new variants. There are everything, everywhere we look, there's a sign of something that's going to go wrong. But I pray just as those stars that we are that continue to shine bright in the midst of a darkness, that we would know God has a hope 
there is a plan for each one of us. And just as Abraham saw us, so also does the Lord. You guys want to stand up? I thank you, Father, that you are still creating. You are still placing dreams and desires and hopes in hearts and understanding that they will be fulfilled. If only we don't give up, that we would never, ever, ever give up. Father, I pray now. Put your hand on your head. Father, I pray now that you would begin to expand imagination right now, God. That you would expand everyone's understanding of what is possible in you. That you would expand our eyes. That you would open the eyes of our heart. as Paul writes in Ephesians, that you would open the eyes of our hearts so we can see you with passionate focus and anticipate all that you're going to do. We love you, Lord. We are thankful for who you are. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen.